day 12 of quarantine and I have not run out of food and water yet. Hello, Lana. Hello, Nigel. <laughs> Hello, Timothy. G'day, mate. How are you? I am um, not wanting to sound too chipper to make sure that people don't think we're not taking everything that's happening in the world too serious, but I don't want to sound like another downer because we've got enough things around the world at the moment making us feel like absolute crap. So with all things being considered, um, being stuck in a room with my lovely wife, having my lovely friend being streamed through my laptop and working out that actually a lot of this online stuff's pretty fun. Like we've, I've been to so many – I think I'm developing a drinking problem because there's been so many um, online drink sessions. Everyone now seems to think that being social at work is important that I'm worried that I might be turning into an alcoholic or something because it's, it's amazing how it's changed behaviour, isn't it? I have as long been. as mate, if if you have a drink, just don't open your TikTok account. <laughs> mate, there's just rules that need to be taken into consideration. Probably a good rule for life, but it's um yeah. With all things being considered, um, like everyone, there's a lot of uncertainty. But if you put that to the side a little bit, um, still nice to be spending some time at home. I must admit, I, <laughs> I must admit, I was telling Lana the other day. Apart from the huge stress and you know. 19-hour days every single day and having to, you know, grab brains left, right and centre and pull levers. It's actually quite nice to be spending some time um, at home. <laughs> Don't agree, Lana? <laughs> I think I'll leave that one alone. All right, I'm going to jump in because I know um, I'm going to jump in because I know a lot of people listening here don't need to <laughs> are not here to hear about our home life. I want to talk in this episode about um, some online groups that I am part of but more in effect of um, some of the comments coming out and particularly starting to see human nature change or at least evolve when people start getting into obviously mass panic but crisis and particularly what I'm seeing revealed is people's general understanding of business, particularly in SMEs and without trying to sound like a, a... or just let me just call it how it is without being sounding like a wanker, but actually understand people's fundamental understanding of things and also um, their relationship with money when things get tight. And because you see people going back to their root money beliefs and their entitlements. And we live in such a great country here that um, we forget that we're entitled to nothing that we have got this perception and it's just been so interesting having some time to be on social media and not just to troll people but actually trying to genuinely offer advice and help and guide people to the right areas to solve their problems because everyone's in panic and, you know, we, we feel like we've got an obligation to help people out. So we've just been taking extra time to try and help people because everyone's offering opinions at the moment and they're just horrible. They're just, I mean... I, you know, I, I realise the irony of everyone be going, yeah, but who, you're offering an opinion, Tim. I go, absolutely, don't listen to anyone, but at least listen to people who've got some experience in that area or at least investing in trying to get that out. So I've been on a couple of these groups and I want to start with that, Lani, because you saw it now, I was getting frustrated sitting on the couch and I'm like, oh my God, people are just unbelievable. So first thing is everyone here in Australia is going, we need to ask our landlords for less rent now because it's hard. Yep. Why? 
why do people suddenly feel like as soon as they're tight on money that they can go and demand from their landlord that they should pay less rent? The um, watching and looking at everything ha- that's happening, everyone assumes that if you have more than one property, you are rich. Therefore, if you are rich, you should help me. Yeah, it, which an so assumption people are rich because they have a, a commercial property. Mm. You don't know their debt levels. You don't know if that's how they've got that. You don't know the pressures they're under personally in the family. And all these SMEs think that, well, landlords should just freeze rents for six months. Like literally that's their, that's their idea. And you ask the question why and they're saying, well, because I can't afford it now. So what I'm going to do is I need to survive so I'm going to push my problem onto my landlord and that's their problem. So you, you can see this level of selfishness and I realise this is a long, drawn-out <laughs> conversation to get to the point of this episode but it is the relationships with everyone in your business and private life need to be recalibrated right now and nobody owes you anything. The level of entitlement that seems to be coming out from the stress and the concern and I guess the lack of knowing of where it's coming next, you are seeing very two distinct camps. I'm even seeing it in my friendship group, let alone in business, but those who believe that by it's our duty to not pay rent, it's our right to stay on versus... Self-interest. Yeah, self-interest versus my interest is actually tied to that of a wider population if I can find a way to continue to add to this wider population, then everyone can succeed together as opposed to, well, I need this, so give me what I want. It's it's absolutely that. And it's um, I asked a question online. I don't know if I deleted it because I just honestly didn't want to have a battle with anyone. But <laughs> I, I think it was the question is, you know, landlords are being um, mean or they're being stingy because they won't halve my rent I go oh you must have been one of those people who when interest rates went up in the 80s you must have called them and said I want to pay more was that you and they're like what (laughs) I'm like well you're that person surely you when you saw the landlord had problems that you offered to pay more because I mean that was your problem the way you're seeing the problem now like well that's different I go the only difference is is because not at your benefit so obviously I had to delete that thread because you could see where that was going to go was going to (laughs) start a viral discussion in the wrong way but I just um, I want to talk about relationships today in a way of having to recalibrate every relationship right now because um, people who are going to get through this in any shape or form are going to have to do a lot of stuff on handshake, on negotiation, on not letting the lawyer look through because the speed of this is changing everything and most people are still behaving as if this is a normal, um, a normal business problem. And before anyone comments with negativity tim myself none of our businesses we are not landlords we no, we've got the same issue as the that as the businesses and individuals we would benefit from a freeze i think the point that what i would love to talk about today is the self-interest of the populace and how coming together and the spirit of the deal and looking after yeah. those around you is actually more important because that's what's going to get australia through yeah and, and the world yeah Absolutely. So just I want to close off the landlord thing because I, I don't want to leave it open. There'll be a few people sitting there going, oh, that's great. Um, that's a really nice conversation. So what do I do? I'm certainly not saying you 
shouldn't or can't have a conversation with the landlord, you must. You must. But it's not with the intention that you are entitled to anything. It's the intention of if you lose me, then you're as a landlord going to have no revenue. If I need this to get through, I need to explain that to the landlord and because they equally know that if they lose their tenant, they're going to have no one in there for quite some time. So it's a mutual beneficial discussion. The issue is a lot of business owners are approaching it as I'm entitled to this and the landlord's sitting there going, I'm not, I'm also got pressures and you're holding me to ransom. And so it's just, it's the approach. And I think that's what we'll talk about today, obviously, Lana, is the way you're approaching this. And the last thing on the landlord thing is don't let the agent talk on behalf of you. Cut out the agent because agents have, are being inundated and they have no agenda really if it doesn't work. So you can imagine what happens if an agent fails there, they lose a couple of percent commission. So the golden rule, if your life depends on a conversation, be in the conversation. So let's jump through it because I don't want to get this caught on landlords because as I said, it's a conversation we'll be having with all of our landlords. But let's talk about that recalibration, Lana, particularly in entitlement and in terms of approach. How are you seeing it at the moment with a lot of our clients? Because, you know, our clients, our clients' clients, where do you start with the mindset right now? Because we're seeing the best and worst of, um, let's just call it business owners' attitudes right now. Um, I'm I'm lucky I get to see a plethora of communication and relationships occurring because of all the different roles that I get to play and – from what I'm seeing is those who approach it genuinely with a level of respect, not from that level of fear or crisis but the understanding that we are all for the first time ever experiencing the same thing, that when they approach it from that level the conversation is so simple. Yep. The conversation is it doesn't matter if it's not equal partnership or relationship but the conversation becomes about equality. It becomes about we're both going to lose so that we can both win how do we make this happen together? How do we keep this relationship going? If the, if it's not being approached from that level, I'm saying that the relationship is just being cut. It's just yep. stopping because so many people have got so many things on at the moment that another level of stress or fear or concern is simply no one can take any more on, no more water in the bucket, so to speak. So the first mindset is really around none of us are special. How do we help? I want to talk about a experiment that I do with my nieces and nephews that's on top of that because it 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 <laughs> let me let me give you a quick synopsis as a as a proud uncle of my um currently nieces but there'll be some nieces and nephews I'm sure um particularly if this lockdown stays for longer who knows but <laughs> <laughs> um what I like to do is when they hit an age of comprehension around 7 to I did it with my little cousins and my nieces will cop it next but when they're between seven and 12 years old, I like to do this sort of thing across the family dinner table. And what I do is I sit them all down and I say, hey, because, you know, at that stage, no one's got a lot of money. And I, I come out and I go, I'm going to give you guys $5 if you can win a hand uh, uh, arm wrestling competition. And they go, oh, but we can't bet you. I go, no, 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 it's not against me. It's against each other. So I sit down with my little um, cousins and the, these ones are all boys and they sit across from each other and I say, you've got one minute 
to win as many arm wrestling um, rounds as you can. For every one that you beat your brother, you get five bucks. And they're like, five bucks for them is like, you know, it's just so much money. They go, but, and they start with this because it becomes unreasonable. Oh, what do you mean? So you're saying if I won 20, I'd get $100. I go, 100%. They go, $100? Like our pocket money is only two bucks, whatever it is. But you can imagine this is like 10 times their net worth at the moment, you know, being 10-year-olds and stuff <laughs> like that. Anyway, we set it up and it happens every time. And I've done this same experiment with staff. I've done the same experiment with um, my family. So they sit down and you can see them and the oldest, the oldest one's always the first one because his eyes light up going, I oh, know I'm physically stronger than all these guys. I'm going to smash them. And like, okay. So they sit there and, you, and I set the clock watch, uh, the stopwatch and I press one minute and you see them and normally one goes really quick, bang. The oldest one hits the younger one. It's like one minute. Then what you see is the second eldest one. They start to work out how to tense their arm, how to keep it up how to strong and they're basically sitting there and they've got this 30 seconds of trying to win the second round and inevitably one of them wins. So one of them's got 10 bucks. Then you go for the third round and they're both tired by this stage. So they've basically got this perpetual stopping of they're not strong enough to push the hand down and they're holding it straight out. And what happens is obviously the time runs out in a minute and go, great here's your 10 bucks and they're, they're cheering like, yes, the oldest one's like, smashed it, won it. And I go, well done. And he goes, see, I, told, I knew I'd get the money off you and I go, you don't know how much money you just lost. He goes, what do you mean? I go, think about how stupid you are right now. And they go, what? Because when you're, when you're a young kid, that's a big thing for your, your uncle to say or, your, or someone that they respect. And I go... Your only job was to win as, win as many arm wrestling rounds as you could. Why didn't you have a conversation with your brother to say, let me win 50 times and we'll split the money equally? And you see their faces drop and you see them get upset and you see them look at each other like it's one of those dropping moments like, why am I, is my whole life about trying to get my benefit at someone else's cost? And to actually do that properly and with the situation we're in now you are not going to win unless you're trying to get mutual benefit to get everyone more that's the game we're in now absolutely and you can see around the traps those who are understanding that in it together means survival at the end and i'm on my own so let me burn every bridge possible and this it doesn't matter if you're a client or a customer you see some brands that they're all they can do is communicate and simply by communicating, they're building the bridge. They're keeping the awareness up there and people know what's happening. It's those who are just me, me, me. You can see the fail rate soaring. Yeah, and this is the human experience, isn't it? Because we're all nervous around our own survival. We start to not look for more entrepreneurial ways to make sure everyone else equally has a chance to win. Mm. And, and it eventually hurts us more because if we lose those people, they're part of our success formula um it's it's the same when you're looking through at the moment your balance sheet or you look through your profit and loss and you're starting to look at people that you can reduce in your organization you got to be careful not to knock out the people who are going to help you not just get through this but the people who are going to help you accelerate out of it mm. 
because if you kill too much of the inner workings of your business, you just won't get it back. And I'm talking about not just obviously consultants and things like that. I'm talking about your employees. Who are the people that you've got to fight hammer and nail just to make sure that you keep them there because they're the ones that are going to help you get out of this at a point where most people are going, I'll just get rid of everyone and then I'll work it out from there and go, yeah, you're basically just starting a business again. And I think that that's the really big thing because obviously people will be listening saying, I have no choice but to cut stuff. Absolutely. This is when you've got a choice and your choice is panic or your choice yep. is my benefit over the wider benefit. And it's that panic that you start to see and it's all these discussions about hibernating businesses and doing all this sort of stuff is even if you're hibernating a business and you have to get rid of staff, what information are you giving them? What are you telling them in the next six months you're planning? What is your process to make sure that during hibernation you're actually not not working? Because what's going to happen is as soon as things are lifted and the world has a semi-normality to it, things are flipping back on quickly. Doors are opening, businesses are back up and running, people on the streets. It's not like we're fighting to get more people in the door at the end of it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I just want to say that it, we're hoping that'll be the case. But, but this could be a two to five year depression. We just don't know. But the process doesn't change at all. No, because it's not that people don't yeah. have cash. It's that hospitality doors have to shut. Yeah, there's a there's a it's it's an interesting dichotomy there that I think people can jump to panic as opposed to future proofing. Yeah, and it's playing the cards think, um, now. It's also and just in hearing the stories that are coming from everywhere, even though we're all private businesses, how we're dealing with this is very public at the moment, and the brand equity that you can build up during a time like this in treating your employees as right as you can has much more value to it than any dollar amount, I believe. Like, I'm in a unique position where I'm not the one that's across the numbers. I don't have to make those hard decisions. But I know those ones that I see that are just axing people without any flow on. In my head, as a just normal person sitting in the outside world, I go, I don't like that company anymore. Whereas I I don't care about the Sydney Opera House whatsoever. They've been closed down for a little while now, but they've said that they will pay all part-time staff up until two weeks' time and all full-time staff will remain on even though they can't operate. I don't know what that means, but I know that in my head that I now respect them more as a company. I want to to bring up something there, Nigel, because I I differ in um, thinking a little bit. Yep. And I I agree with you that I, I would highly reserve judgment right now on anyone. I would highly reserve judgment because not everyone is backed by the government. Not everyone has um, bequeathed hundreds of millions of dollars that they can access. Some people are just trying to get from paycheck to paycheck and most people are. Some businesses had stock land two weeks ago that now they can't get rid of, which is this is the ultimate you couldn't have thought of a worse fear for most businesses than what we're we're getting. And remember, there's still a medical thing we have to worry about. So it's just, again, I want to reinforce that we're not forgetting the medical side of it for those who might be logging on for the first time and go, do these guys realise this is a massive global um, medical catastrophe? Yes, we do. But we just don't have any authority to talk about that part of it. We can only talk about the part of life that we take almost focus in and earn a living from and hopefully help others. But I, I, I would be highly, highly um, 
forceful in terms of there's a lot of things people are doing that are right and wrong at the moment and the situations behind the scenes, the people who are, say, putting off 10,000 employees might be the good to save another 100,000 because if they don't do that right, it's going to have economic effects. So I just want to make sure that if you're there and looking, I realise the sentiment, Nigel, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you don't recognise that, but I would just want, this is the time and talking about this, it's the same theory. Even judgment is showing you're coming from a place of what you think is right without knowing any of the circumstances. The same as the landlord problem. You think because a company's making a certain move, they're actually behaving better than someone else, but it's got nothing to do with that. It's that whole idea of stick to your road and do the best things to navigate your partnerships with people and your relationships in ways you've never done before. And I think that's probably a really good um, tangential point back to what we're talking about, which is be a good person for yourself. There's so much happening out in the world that you cannot control. Do good and think of others because you expect that they will do the same to you, as simple as that sounds. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm I'm not speaking to the business decisions because there's for I've only ever been in small business. If I had a hundred thousand employees and I was in triage, I know that I would have to make those decisions and I would hate to be in that position. But the same person doing having to drop ten thousand employees, there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. I, I disagree. I totally disagree. Really? I'm sorry, I have to say that. Um there is not a right way or a wrong way. This is a global pandemic with so many moving variables that we're not exposed to and we are getting 2% of the picture through the media, not the 99% of what's really happening. And I'm telling people don't get sucked in by what the, the tiny ounce you're getting to see. It's even employees are the same. You're getting to see half a percent of what's going on actually in the business around what's happening. So let me give you an example. Even our own companies, we're speaking to our guys regularly. You're seeing 0.5% of what's happening 24-7 behind the scenes with every stakeholder, with everything just to keep the companies as best positioned as we can. The news is worse than that because there's agenda. So unless you know what's happening behind the scenes, it's the same with politics. Everyone is so great at politics right now because you should have done this, you shouldn't have done that. It's the same as me. Imagine standing with a small business owner and going, oh, you should have done that six months ago. And they go, well, that's a bit rude. I go, well, everyone else is doing that to the politicians. They're making the best moves they can at the moment, good or bad. It's a really impossible thing that's happening. It's difficult. And everyone in hindsight, of course, they look bloody smart because you've already got the result. Then you've got no result. You're doing the best you can with the limited information. It's the same with business. It's the same with politics. It's the same with treating people. This game is new to all of us because it's unpaved. And this is now starting to evolve who you are. It's not only a leader but as a partner. And who are your partners? Every single person you have a relationship with that you need to navigate to give yourself the best chance of survival. And this is what people are missing. They're now thinking that they know better. mic drop (laughs) (laughs) but 
think this is the challenge and this is the thing that we have been talking about a lot here, which is people have got a lot of time to think and have opinions now. And if there was a big mute button, I'd press it because they're uneducated opinions. They go back to people's lowest form of energy. They're going around back from survival and they've, they're losing their human needs, shelter, food. And I get it. It's not that I don't have my, – my heart bleeds for them. I honestly feel sad for them. I feel sad for everyone. I feel sad for things that we're going to have to go through. But the fact that you think you can now judge or talk about that or put your agenda forward, for what reason? You should be so focused on where you are right now and survival by working out how to work with other people, how to win as many arm wrestling competitions as you can, not win a couple at the cost of someone else that you might need to work with in two months' time. You might need to work with in one week's time. You need to get a favour. You might need to do this. This is the time to strengthen your relationships with everyone by doing things that you've never done before, being more human. Yeah, and it's, it just it sounds so simple but being more human is reaching out. How many people listening have contacted not personal people, yeah. friendships, but their business people, their suppliers, their network, not to ask for a thing but just to t- check in on them? How are you going? That's it, with no agenda. And You don't have to offer a solution either. It's just how you're going. Yeah. If there's anything we can do, reach out. And I said that to one of Tim's friends, I think it was last week, and the next day he called up and said, you said you could help and it was such a small thing I could do to help but he just didn't know that I was there to help. 100%. That's the really heartening thing. That's the really heartening thing about this, just widening the conversation out from business itself. The amount, as much as there is the people that are going a little bit stir crazy at home and diving into the conspiracy theories and the why you should have and where are the billionaires, the amount of people just actually reaching out in whatever way they can to help. And I particularly look at all my friends in the artist community. Everyone I know has lost their livelihood and they were all paycheck to paycheck people. Now all of a sudden they're just putting out as much content as they can, as much as they go, well, here, this is the only thing I've got to give, but if it makes it easier for you. The caveat to that is if I see one more couple dancing at home in isolation, I'm going to Wow, Marge, you've got to resolve some things. I think you're getting a bit <laughs> stir-crazy over there because um, I think that's lovely and that's why there's a hide and still remain friends button. <laughs> what do you mean? That's our next story, Tim. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but um, it is really good to see everyone that is reaching out and doing it is now that time where people are not giving favours, they're just doing for others. Yeah, and I think that we, if you want to have fun with this because, you know, let's let's keep it focused on how do I perform better in my business being an owner or an employee, you've got to work out what's my role right now and you need to recalibrate your role and your role's not the job you were doing a month ago. Your role is to get the company through this at any cost. And that is such a great point. Because it's not about you getting through. It is about your company getting through. Why? Because when your company gets through, you get through. Yeah. And if your company can get through without suppliers or clients or freelancers or whatever it might be, power to you. Cut them off. That's <laughs> going to be really funny because I had a great conversation. I can't remember who with but we were talking about it's funny because obviously not the situation is not funny but it's funny that 
at the early stage of this, people were going, I don't know what to say to my employees because it's like they've got no certainty. And I go, yeah, it's like being a business owner every day. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is why we took a few weeks longer to adjust because we've been so used to having no certainty growing businesses that you actually, this is how business owners feel most of the time. SMEs, obviously there's, um, you get some protection when you're a little bit bigger as a corporate because by the time it gets to you of not having a livelihood, you know, <laughs> it's something like this as opposed to SMEs. This is how, if you're in a small business, how the owner of the business generally has felt every day for a decade and you give it a week for most people who haven't chosen this life and it is they lose all bearing of touch points go this is why you see the owners of smes stressed a lot of the time or a little up and down or or struggling with basic things sometimes because this is the the way they live through uncertainty and it's a very interesting thing because it's the first time i think on a mass scale that a lot of employees have felt like that but a lot of the a lot of the business owners I'm talking to go, eh, it's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, eh, it's this week. What are what next week will be? And I don't want to make light of obviously the situation in too much, but I'm just it's about if you're an employee, you ask yourself, what can I do to be the most valuable asset in businesses? Because there's also an opportunity for you coming up, I'm sure, which there'll be a lot of business owners that won't want to go forward after this. Maybe this is your chance to be involved with the business. Maybe you'll be an equity partner. Maybe you can buy in at some stage. Maybe instead of having a job, you can help grow it back fast. There's going to be a lot of different entrepreneurial um, situations that come up. But I certainly, you won't be getting that if you're the one who's a dead weight right now. So there'll be two types of people. People who give up and waiting to be sacked and people who go, I'm going to find a way to make this company transform and I'm going to take it as my responsibility because those people – you're not just going to get the opportunity of a holding your job. You get the opportunity potentially for a whole bunch of other things that are happening. And these are the this is where you see who's going on the journey forward with you. And I think this is with every relationship with your suppliers. How are they responding? Because sometimes they they can't do anything, but it's how they respond, and that's why don't hide behind emails. Call. Pick up the phone. Yeah. Like, why would you email? Oh, I really need a favor. I think I'll put it in writing. You know, it's that sort of attitude that you have to just get rid of. This is now back human to human. What do you need to do? And as a business owner, uh, we've got a great team who are constantly adding value. So for any employee sitting out there, it's really nice as a business owner to feel that you're not alone with the group around you. Absolutely. That if you are reaching out, even if you're doing things that you might think are small but it makes your employer feel like there's a little bit more hope than there was yesterday – just keep doing it. It makes a huge personal difference. Absolutely. And the reality is, is what have you got to lose? Like right now, why wouldn't you play all your cards as an employee to keep your job? If, yeah. if you knew that you weren't going to be employed for two years, just say that was – and I'm not saying that is going to be the case, but just imagine that was a guarantee that you weren't going to have a job for two years and this was your chance to play the best hand you could right now. This was a chance to do everything in your power to add value. Are you still keeping nine to five hours? Like there's so many people I've spoken to and I'm like, yeah, but you're still keeping hours. You're you're fighting for your life. Why do you even think that you shouldn't be working 24-7? 
and and this is a such a foreign concept to people because we're we're such a protected environment now from workplace laws and I get it I, I agree with them all but this is not that time and this is the thing people have to recalibrate you're fighting for your own survival and your survival depends in a lot of particular our audience with the company you're working for if you don't know what to do go and ask the boss what can i do to help this company survive and everything's on the table and the flip side of that is as a business owner tell them what they can do offer them opportunity if there's something that you're struggling with or you can't get around to or you need a bit of extra help ask they will come running yep because we're all in this together the company goes down the employees go down we're not in an environment where there's going to be lots of jobs around for the short or foreseeable future so everyone is in this together so throw out the rule be book for a short amount of time and this is this recalibration is so difficult because a lot of employees do the opposite they go well that's not what i get paid for that's the business great talk about it for the next two years while you're trying to find a job because not only that you're probably going to need some decent references because the job pool is going to be so deep with people and talent are you you actually the talent that's coming through because if you were this is how talent performs right now when it hits the fan you're the one stepping up. Yeah, I would be treating unemployment like the coronavirus at the moment. I'm doing everything I can not to have it, but I assume that I have it. So I'm doing so I have to do the extra measures to safeguard against it. Even if I don't get it at all, um, I'm going to fight the hardest fight I can at this point to ensure that the company doesn't. But that's why you're you, Nigel, and that's but that's the thing, and that's the Very point. Very special. Yeah. And, and for those who make – some people it's not because they're lazy. They just never thought about it because they've never been in this yeah. situation. I want to make sure that I'm not saying, hey, don't be lazy or uh, the irony of, you know, a business owner telling their employees to work harder. I'm just saying he, here's the rules that – or here's the situation playing out. We're looking at high unemployment. We're looking at economic downturns. We're looking at all this stuff and you're the one who needs a job right now. Why – why wouldn't you be doing every single thing you possibly can to give your current place of work an opportunity to survive? And that's foreign for some people. And also for some people, they'll probably think it's quite simple to be saying, well, let's just work together and add more and be better. And you know what? It is freaking simple. It's not hard. The hard part is doing it. Totally. It's simple because in a time of crisis, logic goes out the window and everyone's looking for solutions that are special or different. It's not. And I think um, most people listening here will be generally fired up now because there'll be a lot of people going, you don't understand my situation. We can't even go into work. There's nothing to do and go, great. Then what can you be doing? If it's absolutely nothing you can be doing, then you've got a big problem because it's your lack of innovation and and foresight that's going to stop you getting through this what do we need to do i mean lana rebuild a website this weekend because our messaging needs to start changing what's your marketing materials who are the list of all your partners friends people that will be in contact once we're back up and running is our business actually good or is this a chance to redesign a whole new product for the next few years there's thousands of things you need to do and you've got no excuse not to go through them 
And I said, the reason I say no excuse, because frankly, you know, you can come straight here and start downloading a lot of information of what to do to improve your business. It's a matter of wanting to do it and realizing that this downturn will be the hardest you ever work in your entire career right now for some. Others will wait and see what happens, but, you know, there's no guarantee there. Nor there is there a guarantee with the hard work, but at least you're being proactive with anything you could do. And it's a really nice tie back to the start of the conversation about the entitlement of, I guess, other people serving me, you, whoever it might be. Your job is to serve as many people as you can right now, including yourself, because on the other side, they're the people who are there. Absolutely. Absolutely. For all those listening out there, um, we hope you take this in the um, tone in which it's meant, which is it's difficult but this is your opportunity to step up, recalibrate and make this a defining moment in your partnerships, in your business, in your life. But don't fall into the trap of everyone else and waiting to see what happens and waiting to see what bailouts because we don't know what they are and we don't know if they're even going to occur. So that should be seen as a bonus. The landlord discounts your rent, that's a bonus. If you need to change things, that's a bonus. But unless you really think about how can I help everyone get more, you're going to really struggle because there's going to be some time during this period where you're going to need a favour. And if you haven't built up that level of trust, if you haven't built up that relationship with people and you, you reach out only when you need something, you're very unlikely to get through this period. So snap back into it, get back into it, recalibrate all the partnerships, be a good person and um, you'll have a, uh, a strong foundation for whatever you're going to need over the next few months. But Nigel, Lana, good to chat. Always, um, always a little difficult during this period of our um, business life but um, good luck to everyone out there because um, there's some wins still to be had and you just need to find them. Guys, thanks for your time. See ya. Thanks, buddy.